0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard. I am Dustin Gold, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. <laughs> All right, folks. God, it feels like a million years ago, and it was just a few days ago. So I, uh, I'm walking back from the parking garage, right? I get up to the front door, the main entrance of Frederick Health Hospital, and Chris, our midwife, tells me, you need to put on a mask. I said, oh my God, what? I don't have a mask. She said, oh, they have them. They're right over there. And I see Maggie's got one on. I said, are you seriously putting that on her going through this stuff with the way you know she's about to pass out to begin with? And she says, yeah, you got to put them on or they're not going to let you in. Right. So I put on the freaking it, it was literally the free mass were the thickness of two ply toilet paper. I'm not kidding you. Like, it's the most ridiculous thing. So we're entering covid land. The high school theater production. Literal high school theater production. Like, this mask was a prop that a high school theater department would use in place of a gas mask. It was a two-ply toilet paper with two rubber bands. And everyone in line at the main entrance wearing them, their lips are hanging out the side. It's ridiculous. Like, the thing, if you're looking in the video, it was a square this big. Like, my lips are, you know... Leaking out the side of it. Anyway, we put this nonsense on and we go into the hospital and we got to bring her to the labor area. And so they got to get her out of the wheelchair while she's having contractions and weigh her. You know, and the next thing you know, they wheel us down the hallway and they put us in a little hospital room it was like a birthing room though and so there's like a bed it's got the buttons so the bed could fold in half and you know move up and down like an old old senior citizen bed and then there's a curtain in the middle of the room that slides back and forth and on the other side there's a little table for obviously the newborn child with a huge spotlight over the top it looked like a surgery table for a midget I mean, it was crazy. I'm like, oh my God, this is the last place we want to be. So we get her in the room, and then we're waiting, and the next thing you know, some nurse comes in. I forgot her name. And she says, okay, we're going to have to do COVID tests, everyone. I said, no. No, we're not taking COVID tests. Not going to happen. Not doing it. Now, I'll be honest with you. I've never taken a COVID test. Uh, My wife took one COVID test at the very beginning of COVID before I knew her. Um, I let that slide when I met her. I said, okay, hopefully they didn't plant anything uh, up inside her nose. So anyway, I said, no, we're not taking them. We're not taking COVID tests. And so the girl goes, well, then uh, everyone in this room is going to have to wear a mask when hospital people are in here. I said, are you kidding me? I was pissed at this time, remember? I hadn't slept. I'm in a place I don't want to be, I'm really getting ticked off high emotions, in my head I'm blaming the midwives, never blamed Ardulla, I thought Alyssa was fantastic, but I'm getting upset and all these things are running through my head about what went wrong at the house why did this infection happen, why weren't the midwives able to get her uh, to deliver the baby at home, you know, I'm trying to figure out who I'm going to blame for this situation it's just how my mind started to work and so I snapped at her. I said, this is ridiculous. So I said, these masks are like toilet paper. They do nothing. I mean, why do you guys succumb to this? Why are you part of this? And why are you playing along when you know it doesn't work? So she goes, well, I'll just tell you if you don't do COVID tests, then you'll be in COVID isolation and then uh, we have to wear personal protective equipment. I said, fine, wear personal protective equipment. So they go back out in the hallway and the Midwest and the, the duel is like basically Alyssa's giving me a thumbs up. She thinks I'm a warrior, like right? I'm blasting the hospital system. And the midwife's kind of looking at me like, hey, you know, you got to chill out. You got to chill out. Now, I find out from our midwife that she was once a nurse under the on call OBGYN. Uh, doctor who's going to deliver the baby so she said listen I might have a little leeway because I used to work for this guy you know let's just see what happens so anyway the nurse comes back in the room and now she's wearing two of these paper masks on her face I'm not kidding you two of the paper masks and basically a piece of plastic you ever see that really thin crappy plastic for like a throwaway picnic table tablecloth like the little red white checker ones but i'm not talking about with the felt in the back i'm talking about the really thin ones like you'd get for your kid's birthday party okay it's one of those with two holes in it it's basically a lobster bib that hangs down to about mid thigh uh and and shaped like a cooking apron is it right so it just covers like the the middle eight inches of your chest going down to your mid thigh. And I just start laughing when she comes in. I said, are you shitting me? Like, are you serious? Now, this is about 8, 9 o'clock at night on November 12th at this point. And so I just I couldn't believe it. I was just so upset that this would happen. Now, I end up going out in the hallway. They've got a big sticker on the door that says COVID quarantine. And then it's got, um, like, uh, you know, the yellow and black striped crime scene tape it's like an orange and uh, black or like a bright red sort of uh, and black all around the border of the door so now we're in COVID lockdown Uh, of course I could walk in and out of the room anytime I want but we're in COVID lockdown and then they say you got to wear the mask when they come in the room I said we're not wearing the mask this is ridiculous we're not doing it if you wear protective wear good luck to you you're protected and I remember saying to the nurse Uh, It might have been to the nurse and the doctor, but definitely to one. I said, this is like wrapping a piece of tinfoil around each wrist and then claiming you could walk through fire without being burned. I said, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. So anyway, the nurse gets uh, Maggie hooked up to the uh, IV for the sugar water. She gets the antibiotics hooked back up. And at this point... Uh, I'm just, I'm broken, right? Because now I'm seeing my wife laying there in a hospital bed with these bags hanging off her. And now you know how it works in the hospital, folks. They've got this dim lighting at first. Of course, they got a big spotlight over her. You know, they're going to blast her with uh, when she starts pushing. But they got the dim lighting. They got the hum of the machines. It's like, me And then all of a sudden, they've got her hooked up to her uh, blood pressure. So you got the, beep, 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 beep. Beep, boop, beep, beep. Then they tell her that they have to put on the um, baby monitor, which goes around the waist. And then they have another monitor that goes around uh, up above the waist to monitor the contractions. Well, we didn't want the baby monitor. We really just wanted them to do Doppler radar checking with the little handheld. Of course, they said no because of the GBS and because of the way the contractions are. They have to do this. So the next thing you know, you end up with the machines. Beep, beep, beep so now everybody's looking at the machines you're addicted to the machines and so one of the things we learned from our doula in our birthing class was trying to stay away from this stuff because they they, the doctors and the nurses will use that every chance they get to try to push more drugs more intervention so now it's spiraling it's spiraling. I'm in the hell right now. And all I'm thinking is back to everything I learned in these classes with Alyssa, thank God she was there. So I kept looking to Alyssa and she was the only one really keeping me calm at this point. And so I've got to see my poor wife there with IV hanging out of her, antibiotics. It's just it's like I failed. This is how I felt. And then I was just so upset. So the next thing, you know, this Dr. Simmons comes in, I think it's S-I-M-O-N-D-S Mr. Personality folks, Mr. Personality Dr. Simmons, and he comes in and he's already pissed off because one, the hospitals don't like when midwives transfer people from home birth. They believe home birth is highly irresponsible it goes against the Rockefeller Medical Complex so they don't like that so this guy already has a chip on his shoulder uh, my midwife already had informed us that this was going to happen. And so then on top of it, he finds out that she is 42 weeks. And at that time, one day pregnant that really ticks him off because they normally induce women at 40 weeks, C-section at, Uh, 41 right so he is all ticked off not having it he comes in he tries to lay out the whole fear factor and starts uh laying out these scenarios now he was aware of the situation we're in he's aware that we denied the covid test so that was a good way to set this up as they kind of got that don't f with these people uh they aren't going to fall for it Right, And at this point, the nurse had already said, okay, we're going to do the eye ointment, we're doing vitamin K, we're doing the hepatitis shot. And I said, no, you're not, no, you're not, and no, you're not. Okay, you're not doing any of those, not having it, get the hell out of here. Right. So I start getting tough with them because you got to push back and let them know that you are not a sucker. All right. So the nurse says, fine, you're not going to do those things. That's fine. So now the doctor's in the room and he says, here's the situation. And he lays out that, okay, we hear that the contractions are spread apart. So either one, we can do a C-section, right? Uh, number two, we can give her And pitocin is basically uh, synthetic oxytocin. That's what your body releases to create the contractions. And this way, we could try to get the contractions more regular. We didn't want that stuff. But now we're stuck in this situation, okay? And then the third is the uh, epidural. And the epidural numbs. Uh, you know, the woman from the waist down. A lot of women do it. Uh, We were opposed to all this stuff. That was the plan. We weren't going to do any of this. But now we're in a really bad situation. Maggie's been laboring for 48 hours. Her cervix is swollen. Her uterus is not contracting regularly. Uh, She may be in the midst of an infection, right? So the doctor's looking for an answer right away. So we say, well, listen, bud, uh, we are going to need a few minutes to confer with our midwife and our doula and make a decision. And he gives the old, well, every minute we're wasting is a minute closer to death. You know, something like that. So we get them out of the room and we have a conversation. Now, obviously, in the end, it's up to Maggie. It was always going to be up to Maggie. Okay, I'm there to fight for what our plans were. Uh, we had put together a birth plan. If we went into the hospital, we were losing on things one by one. So now it's like, okay what's next what do we lose on next and at the same time everything that we put into her body is going to be a longer recovery time right so pitocin and the epidural this is all a longer recovery time for her and then you're endangering the child with each of these drugs that you introduce into the body but at the same time if she ends up with an infection if she ends up Uh, in a really bad situation, it's going to get forced into C-section, right? So now we're sitting there with the midwife and the doula. And I say, all right, realistically, what do we do? So we get to the point where the, the midwife says, listen, if we do the epidural, okay, it's going to, she won't feel the contractions right now. So it's going to allow her to go to sleep. And we need her to go to sleep i need her to be able to rest because she's never going to be able to push if we get to that point um she won't be able to push so we need to put her to to get her to be able to go to sleep so i say i knew maggie's going to say yes because she looks broken at this point she says yeah let's do that so i said well what's next so the midwife says well i think what we should do is get her to go to sleep and see if the contractions start to uh, build back up. And if they don't, we slowly let them introduce Pitocin into this. At the same time, the nurse takes her temperature and her temperature is starting to rise. Once it gets over 100.5, I believe they will consider that a fever. And if that's the case, then they are going immediately into C section. You basically lose all options at that point. And if you go into C section, the cesarean se- uh, section, if they do that uh, while she has a fever, which they will consider to be uh, an infection, then the baby is going to get taken away and go into isolation where they'll pump it with antibiotics for 48 hours. While they run a test on the placenta to see if it had any diseases, any infections, and so you won't see your child, then they threaten us. That because we're in COVID lockdown, we won't be able to even see our child for five days because they're going to pump it with antibiotics for 48 hours and then keep it in isolation for three days, right? So now, folks, now everything is on the table because the one thing you're fighting for at this point is being able to keep your child with you, to have your child with mommy, and to not have your child Locked in isolation for five days when these monster barbarian Frankenstein doctors could do whatever the hell they want. And then all of a sudden they come back to you in 48 hours and they tell you, I'm sorry, we did everything we could do, sir, but your child is now brain dead. And you go, Oh, really? Did the antibiotics you pumped it with do that? No, sir, no. It's because you waited a minute too late to make a decision. They will never tell you the truth, folks. I will always tell you the truth. I'll be right back with more of this horror story. My name is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on Payne.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on TV. Join the discussion at Pain.tv gold You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to pain.tv slash gold. I am Dustin Gold, and you are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. All right, folks, so now we've got this idea, right? And so what the midwife ends up telling us is if we go in for a C-section right now, we'll definitely be able to have the baby uh, in our hands and everything's going to be fine, right? So you could do that, right? So you basically give up on everything you're fighting for uh, to get the C-section, and then you get to have your baby. Or she says, I do think if she does the epidural, we can get her to go to sleep, see if the contractions pick back up. We can all get a little rest, and then we'll make a decision – about the Pitocin or C-section. And at the same time, we could monitor this temperature. So we call them back in. And at this point, it turns out there's a shift change, which is great. And this nurse, Poppy, comes in, P-O-P-P-Y. She's about 30. I don't know. I can never really tell because she had a mask on. But what a gem she was, folks. And so she just takes care of Maggie like it it was just frankly amazing. So we decide to go with this option, right? And I'm broken. I'm broken uh, because we're losing. I feel like we're losing because we're giving up everything we wanted to avoid. But at the same time, in my head, it hadn't clicked yet that... I could wage a new battle in my mind, and this was to get the baby into the hands of my wife as soon as possible and not lose it, all right? That hadn't come into play with me yet, that that was now my mission. And at the same time, trying to let Maggie have a vaginal birth, which would at least be another win. And what I realized later into this process was that her starting to labor at home uh, and not be induced to uh to kick off labor was already a win that was already a win and the fact that she fought for this long without passing out was also a win right so there's a lot of wins in there that you're not thinking about as you're losing other battles so We decide to do that. Next thing you know, they send this uh, Indian guy into the room who is the anesthesiologist, and he is like Mr. Sales Guy and he's given the whole pitch which was really informed consent disguised as a comedy routine from this guy. I was not amused. Maggie was kind of loopy and she thought he was the kindest person. I was ready to stick him with a pen. Uh, he's like, oh hello, it's great to be here. Okay, what we're going to do is we're going to shove this needle up into your back and we're going to pump this fentanyl into your back and it's going to do this. It's going to be so great and blah, 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 blah. Do you consent? Right? So I'm sitting there and I'm like, all right, you guys made the decision. Me and the doula were kind of like, didn't think she necessarily needed this. Her and the midwife were on board. I obviously went along because it's my wife. And in the end we made, you know, it was always her decision. I always told her stuff going in your body is going to be your decision. I'm always going to fight for the health of the baby uh, and you, but I ended up going along with it. So I, I they, they tell you you have to get out of the room for a half hour while they do this, right? So you're not allowed to do this. I mean, to see them do it. And I was a little pissed about that because you never know what they're up to. Now, I forgot to mention, uh, prior to this occurring, they came in with a consent form they tried to get her to sign, a, ph- a photography consent form that says you're allowed to take photographs, but you can't shoot videos, and then it had like eight bullet points and number four, It was hidden in there said if you happen to capture video or photo uh, and then there's a lawsuit later, you're waiving your right to use any of that footage in uh, as evidence in a trial. Well, first off, I knew that that was actually not enforceable because I mentioned before on the show, my father is a private investigator for uh, my entire life, and he's been involved with many big medical malpractice cases, and so I knew you can't sign your rights away. That's like going to Costco, and in the parking lot, there's a sign that says, if your car gets hit by a cart, we're not responsible. Well, that's just not true. It's just to trick people, but I told him, take that form and stick it up your rear. Okay, and so they were a little pissed about it I said I'm not signing it I don't have to sign it this isn't a prison here so we didn't sign it well Later on in the night, I found out they snuck into the room when I went out to go get a drink and come back, and they had tried to get Maggie to sign it after they gave her the epidural, which is fentanyl into the spine. Now they claim it doesn't affect your brain at all, but after not sleeping for two days and then having the fentanyl running through you, who knows what the hell is really going on? So they tried to sneak in there and get her to sign it, and she said no. Uh, my husband already said we're not signing that, and so they were a little pissed off about that folks so anyway this guy does his sales pitch we have to leave the midwife and the doula decide they're going to get something to eat they asked me if i wanted to go i didn't want to go i was still a little upset at that time so um i said to my wife i said you know whatever i don't agree with this but do whatever you're gonna do i'm leaving so i walk out And uh, I went off, and actually, I had my celebratory cigar with me, and I was in such a nervous wreck that I went outside and I smoked part of this celebratory cigar. I was now celebrating being thrown right into the Rockefeller Medical Prison, and I'm just a nervous wreck. I looked down at my phone. There's a million texts and stuff from family and friends. Everybody worried. I mean, we literally disappeared on everybody for at that point, 48 hours, so they're all thinking the worst, you know, but I just couldn't call anyone. I was shaking. I was so mad at myself. I'm trying to run all this through my head. I'm trying to figure out where everything went wrong, and now my my wife's all drugged up. She's going along with the Rockefeller program. Before you know it, she's going to have a C-section or something. Who the hell knows? And so I go back to the room, and She's in... He's all done. Dr. Uh, Fentanyl's all done. And... Meanwhile, I see um, what was really pissing me off is all the bags, the IV bags, the antibiotics, the fentanyl, they all have barcodes on them. And so the nurse carries around a gun, like at Costco at checkout, and she's like, they're constantly scanning stuff and putting in for the billing. Like, you know, can't you find a more discreet way to do that? And why is it got to make a beep like I'm at Costco? So anyway, they're doing that the whole time. So now I stand over in the bed, I'm holding Maggie's hand, and And I said you know we can do this now I'm trying to be more encouraging I'm trying not to show that I'm pissed off and then um, finally the, the midwife and the doula get back and Maggie goes to finally falls asleep so they end up taking a nap I'm sitting there just staring at the little beeping machine watching her contractions and watching the baby's heart rate and the midwife showed me how to read it so every time the contraction goes up uh on the on the the graph the baby's heart rate should come back down because it's squeezing the top of its head and so i'm watching it's just a nervous wreck and i'm like oh this is it this is it she's got four contractions in a row a minute apart here we go and then boom it would space back out to seven minutes so now we go about an hour hour and a half and she's well rested uh, she's got fluids in her she's starting to look better more color coming back to her skin and so nurse poppy comes in and uh we start. it was the first time we really got to talk to her and she takes her temperature now her temperature is rising it's getting close it was around 100 i think or 100.3 if it went up 0.2 more that was it they'd call it an infection and she'd be in a c-section so we start talking to poppy and we say all right listen You know, what could we realistically do? So, Poppy says, I can do this. I can get her to deliver this baby. She's like, I want to give her a Tylenol, and I want to um, keep with the IV, with the the, um, sugar water solution. And she goes, and I can get this temperature down, and I think we should introduce the Pitocin, and I'll take it up slowly every half hour, and I can make this happen for you. So I ended up going out in the hallway and talking to her, and I found her to be super professional, and I said, what do you think of Dr. Simmons, and this is this, and she said, listen, he overreacts, I think he's overreacting, if you just trust me, I'll make this happen, I can get her this vaginal birth, and I know we can get this done, I know it's not ideal for you. But now you're in this situation. And the last thing I heard you wanted was to have the kid taken away. So please let me just do this. So I came back in the room. I talked to Alyssa Ardula. And when Alyssa agreed, I knew it was the right choice. Because I told you Alyssa was 100% about natural. Alyssa would tell you to lay out in the parking lot of the hospital and have it on the ground <laughs> to keep yourself out of the hospital. And then when Alyssa said, She's beat up, she's tired, and there could be an infection. You have to change plans now. So that's what I did. And um, we ended up slowly introducing the Pitocin. And over a couple hour period, it turns out that the contractions start now uh, coming together. Everything is starting to look uh, really good. We see that the temperature now starts to drop. And all of a sudden... Things start to change for the better. Folks, this was such a major roller coaster ride. And I kept going out of the room uh, down the hallway to the area where they had, uh, you could get water or like was a soda. And there's a microwave and right there is the nursing station. So I got to the nursing station. and I don't even know, it was maybe like two, three in the morning. And the nurses are all sitting there with no masks on. And I go, oh, whoa, whoa, what is this? I'm going to have to call the police on you. I'm going to have to call the police on you, folks. Uh, you You know, the CDC is going to be very upset with you. And I came out of COVID lockdown. I'm breaking their balls. They're laughing. They said, no, oh, nobody really believes that. I said, well, what do you guys even play along with this nonsense for? It's like high school theater. And they're like, I don't know. They tell us it's the law. We have to enforce it. So it's a total joke. So now for several hours, folks, it's like I'm going back and forth in and out of the room. The midwife's taking a nap. Our doula's taking a nap. They're all trying to rest up. I'm coming in the room. I'm watching this. This uh, graph bleep, 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 go up and down. I'm watching the baby's heart rate. I start to notice that the baby's heart uh, is like peaking now during the contraction, which is opposite of what it's supposed to do. I now know the nurse is really paying attention because she comes in the room and I said, did you see the last two? And she said, yeah, let me check on that. So she's checking on it. At this point, she takes Maggie's temperature again and we are golden. Golden we are golden. It gets back to right in the, uh, in the range 98 to, 98 to 99 degrees and so it's finally a win. Things are turning around in our direction. Meanwhile, Dr. Simmons is uh, nowhere to be found because he doesn't really do anything uh, at all while you are sitting there with your wife. This guy doesn't answer any calls, doesn't come around. So, what happens next, folks, is things take a turn for the worst again. This is a story about life. This is a story about love. This is a story about sometimes having to be realistic and not idealistic. This is a story about giving up some of the things you want, but remembering what is the most important to you. And this is a story about overcoming adversity, something my father taught me since I was very young when he coached my sports team. So dad, I love you. This show is for you, this show is for Maggie, this show is for William, this show is for all of the people who were part of our incredible team. When I get back, folks, things take a turn for the worst, but we do bounce back. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to bounce to a quick break. My name is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv